You're listening to an audio sermon from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Amen. I'm going to be talking to you this morning about a subject which is very dear to my heart. And the title of the message is The Joy of Being Planted. Say with me, planted. Planted. So I hope to show you the privilege and also the benefit you should be receiving when you are planted in the house of God. I make no apology. Um, I'm a teacher. And you know, teachers repeat things. And teachers say a lot of things. And especially if you're a Bible teacher, you use a lot of scripture. All right? So as we go along, I'm going to try and explain. I'm going to try and limit it as much as I can so that you don't have to do a lot of reading. But I'm sure it will appear on the board and you can just follow up on the overhead. Let's start off with Psalm 92. And uh, I'm reading from verse 13. And I'm going to go back to verse 12 in a minute. It says, Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I want you to hold on to that word righteous because I'm going to come back and explain something about being righteous. Then verse 14 They shall still bear fruit in old age. That's not me yet. We're still going to bear fruit in old age. I'm still getting there. Nemai, lovey. Yeah. They shall be fresh and they shall be flourishing. I want you this morning uh, to try and just twist your mind a little. Because there, is, there, is, there are some terms that, that we need to understand. And uh, most of us think with a Greek mindset. What do I mean by that? A Greek mindset thinks in form. Chair. Table. Book clock. That's Greek thinking. But Hebrew thinking thinks in function. What do I do with a chair? I sit on it. What do I do with a clock? It tells me the time. So many times you will read in scripture about the face of the Lord. Has anybody yet seen The face of the Lord? No. It's speaking of something else. The hand of the Lord. Anybody here seen the hand of the Lord lately? No, the hand gives. The hand receives. The hand touches. There's blessing in touching someone. So I want you this morning to change your thinking. So some of these terms that I'm going to be talking about are really in Hebrew thinking. You've got to think function. All right. So 
I'm going to be referring to some of these meanings and what they mean, these words, and try and explain them to you as, as I go along. This psalm, 92, was written way, way, way back. Some of the commentators say that it was written by Adam. I personally don't believe that because I don't think Adam could yet write. There was not a language yet. You get me? But I do believe he spoke it from his heart. And probably somewhere down the line through the ages, Moses got hold of it and then wrote it. But it comes way, way back. And this psalm was meant as, as an affirmation like we did this morning. It was meant as an affirmation that was supposed to be done on the Sabbath. So every Sabbath in the service, they were to recite Psalm 92. And Psalm 92 has got to do with you and me being planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. So it's time for us to be planted. This psalm was meant for all time, from yearing to eternity. And what I want to show you from this this morning is that this psalm must be part of your Christian walk. Let's have a look at another verse. Can you go with me to Isaiah chapter 61 and uh, verse 3? He goes on to say, he says, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees. There's the planting. That they may be called trees of righteousness. There's that word again. The planting of the Lord. Why? So that he may be glorified. You see, a concept that us as Christians sometimes don't understand is that I just come to church because maybe it's expected of me. If I'm a child, my parents expect me to go. If I'm a spouse, my wife or my husband expects me to go. Or it's the way I was raised. If you come with that Greek mentality, please stay home. Because you're wasting your time when you come to church like that. You are coming because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you are coming to show forth His glory in Christ Jesus. Which He died for, by the way. You are coming to show forth His glory. Because you are coming because you are part of the planting of the Lord. So that you can be a tree of righteousness. Hallelujah. I like hallelujahs. I like amens. You can participate. You can talk back to me. I don't mind. Say somebody say, preach it, preacher. There we go. Hallelujah. All right. So one of the number one joys that I want to show you today is exactly that. When you are planted, you will grow. You will grow. So Grow in the Greek, grow. 
We see growth around us every day. But in the Hebrew mindset, it means being planted. You've got to see those roots that are founded in the ground, those roots that are spreading, that every time the living waters come and they refresh those roots, they grow even deeper and deeper as they become established until they eventually become a tall tree that gives shade and nourishment to somebody else. You have to be planted. You have to grow. You have to become like a cedar in Lebanon. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say this with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Turn to your neighbor say, you are righteous. Show forth the glory. Amen. Oh, no, but I don't have any glory. You're right. You don't have any glory. If you're a child of God and you are born again, we are sometimes not even aware of what Christ did for us on Calvary. Just, just a, a, a scripture that comes to mind in John 17. Jesus said, the glory that I have, I've given to them. That was before his ascension. I'm a glory carrier. I'm planted. I'm the righteousness of God shown forth. You need to come to Bible school. We'll teach you in the in, in subject divine destiny who you are in Christ and why you have a purpose here on earth. One of those things is the wonderful purpose of being made righteous. The New Testament in, in, in Romans 5.19 says that by one man, Jesus, many were made righteous. I am the righteousness of God. So, what does that scripture say? What will the righteous do when they are planted? They will grow. Ne? They will flourish. Ne? And? They will bear fruit, and they will be fat, and they will be flourishing. Again, don't think in Greek. Think in Hebrew. What does that mean? Exactly that. The fatness of the Lord that drips upon us makes us drip with His holiness. We will be fat, and we will be flourishing we will be like those rivers of water that flow and the tree that is planted thereby. We are the planting of the Lord, Isaiah 61 says. You see what happens when you get planted? You are actually fulfilling your righteous place in Christ. It's one of your acts of faith. You are fulfilling your righteous place in Christ when you are planted. Hallelujah. So, being planted and righteousness and generosity all go together. Because the word for righteous in the Hebrew and the word for, for um, prosperity is, is to do with generous, generosity. What did Jesus do on the cross? He gave his all. 
What did the Father do? The Father gave His only begotten Son. Is that not an act of generosity? Is that not an act of righteousness? Why? So that we could be born again. So that we could become the righteousness of God. So that we could become the church which in this day is so badly needed. You say you don't need the church? Well, I can argue with you over that for quite a while. But let's leave it there. I'll come back to it as we proceed. Let's look at God's house. Where are we supposed to be planted? What did the psalm say? Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall surely grow. What is your spiritual house? Where are you supposed to grow? Where are you supposed to be planted? You see, coming together and church and community is a principle of God. When, when Noah went into the ark, God said, come you and your whole family and enter in. When God spoke to Moses, he said, come up to the mountain. And I'm going to get to the mountain in a minute. Come up to the mountain because that's the place where we are going to meet. Have you been up the mountain lately? Have you been into the temple mountain lately? Because that's the place where we collectively meet with God. Psalm 122. Psalm of David speaking. It says, I was glad. He did a dance. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into my Wi-Fi zone and put on my earphones and just have church alone. Did he say that? No. He said, come and go with me into the house of the Lord. Let us go up to the mountain. Let us go to the place where God is going to meet with us. I'm glad to go. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our hands will be raised. Our feet have been standing within your gates. Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is another Hebraic term and reference to the church. What is your Jerusalem? Which are your gates? Which is your house? Hallelujah. Zion is also a type of the church. Whenever you read in the Old Testament Zion, it's referring to church. The mountain is referring to church. Even the people, many places in the word, is referring to the church. So you've got to get this Hebrew thinking. One commentator said it like this. I don't know if this is going to be on the board. He said, it is the will of God that we should worship Him in concert. 
not alone. Yes, you can worship Him alone. You can worship Him in little groups. But we're supposed to worship Him in concert. That many, what's the purpose of worshiping in concert? That many would join together to wait upon Him in public ordinance. This is a public ordinance. And this is where we worship God together. We ought to worship God in our houses. That's quite true. But that's not enough. We must go into the house of the Lord to pay our homage to Him there and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. In Hebrews 10, verse 24, 25, it speaks about not neglecting the gathering together. Why? Because as we see the day approaching, I don't want to go into what is that day. I don't have time for that. That's a message for another day. But I want to say this, and I say it boldly and with conviction, the day is here. The day is here. Don't think in Greek. That doesn't mean this 24 hours of this Sunday, the 16th. The day, the time, the period, the era is here. And we should be gathering together more and more. And you know what the enemy tried to do? He tried to break that core and tell people it's okay, you can stay at home. You're not needed at the church. You can have church just at home. You can plug into Wi-Fi. You can do it on Zoom. You can do it anywhere as long as you are just getting the word. Ha, la, la. And we're dancing through the daisies. And we've got no commitment. And we don't pay our tithe. And we don't fellowship with others. We don't encourage anybody. We're just floating in the lilies. Waiting for Jesus to come. No. Somebody is lying to you. Can I go to Micah? Micah chapter 4. He says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. This is a very important scripture, but it's very technical. In the latter days, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountain. What on earth are you trying to say, Lord? It will come to pass that the mountain of the Lord will be established on the mountain. That sounds very weird if you don't understand Scripture. And it shall be established on the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above all the hills round about. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob. Many nations will come. Many nations will be drawn to the mountain. 
For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. All those words, mountain, Zion, Jerusalem, are speaking of what? The house of God. You see, the mountain is going to be established, and we're going to be on the mountain, because that's where God dwells. It's a higher place. Whenever you read in Scripture a mountain, it means a place that's, that's almost unattainable. It's hard to get there. You have to climb up the mountain. The mountain also means, and it could mean, and Jesus spoke about this, it could be a problem in your life that has to be overcome. Jesus said, speak to this mountain that it be removed and go and be planted in the sea. That's a different kind of mountain. But this mountain he's talking about is the what? The house of God. The church that we know today. In Exodus chapter 15, 17, just quickly a scripture I don't have for you. He says, bring them in and plant them in the mountain. Exodus 15 is the song of triumph when Moses and all the children of Israel went through the sea and the seas closed in on Pharaoh and his men. And then on the other side, Miriam grabs the tambourine. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. And then he goes on with this verse in verse 17. And he says, bring them in and plant them in the mountain of his inheritance. Amen. You still with me? You see, the mountain is always there. You want to see a picture of the mountain? Look out this window. Especially those people on this side and those over there, you might not be able to see it. But look at this mountain where this church is built. And look at the hills round about. As far as the eye can see, the gospel will be reached to those people. This is a picture of your and my household of Christ Church. In the natural, we can just look out this window and be reminded of that scripture week after week after week after week after week. Because God has given you a mountain. And God wants you to be part of that mountain and become planted in the house of God. So what's in it for me? We always want to benefit. What's in it for you? When you are planted, there are parents. There's a family. There's a father and a mother. Maybe even grandparents. They are siblings. And we are brothers and sisters of each one of each other. And we are all part of the benefit of being planted in the house of the Lord. You need me like I need you. I don't carry any big titles. You can call me whatever you want to. I don't carry any titles. I am just one 
amongst many that are called to be planted in the house of the Lord. And God wants you to grow as such. Gifts. Another thing that you will find in the house of the Lord. You will find the gifts of the Spirit in operation in this church. There will be prophecy. There will be tongues. There will be interpretation of tongues. There will be healings. There will be faith. There will be all those things when you are available to be planted in the house of the Lord. You cannot come here once a month when it's prayer line and say, I now want to partake of all this. But for three or four weeks, I've been sitting on, on, on my laurels at home. And all I want is the benefit. I want the benefit. I want the benefit. Please pray for me, pastor. Nothing wrong with that. Please. I know, I know the circumstance. But what I'm trying to emphasize here is that you're a part of the family, man. My sister, if you're not here, I look out for you. I go home and I say, what's that lady that sits in the front row? What's her name again? Da, 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 da. And my wife will tell me and I say, oh, but she wasn't there today. I look out for you. I hope you miss me when I'm not here. But you see, if we're not planted and we're not part of the household of Christ, then I'm like, I'm like a boarder. I come here once a month. I just hang out here when it suits me. No, it can't work that way. Come on, can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen, yeah? You can't just hang out, yeah? You've got to get involved, yeah? We need you. Even if it's just to come and shove somebody to his seat. Just to come and put your arms around somebody and say, welcome. Just to meet with them in, in, in the 70 times 7 hall and they're a visitor for the first time to say, welcome. Can I take your address? Can I take your phone number? Can I stick you to a cup of coffee outside before you go home? I want to be friends with you. I want to be planted. This is the planting of the Lord. I want to entice you. I want to welcome you to be part of what I'm, what I'm experiencing. Amen. Isn't that where we're going? The fivefold ministry is available when you are planted. There are people going around church to church to church to church, and I don't want to dwell on this, but they go in there around, they are even paying money for a word from God, a prophecy, an interpretation. That's the biggest lie of the devil. The fivefold ministry operates here. Here are prophets. Here are evangelists. Here are pastors and teachers. Yeah, where you are planted. I don't want to go through the whole teaching of the fivefold ministry. That's also for another day. But I want to start just winding down. There are three words for the temple. Did you know that, Bible scholars? There are three different words for the temple. The first word um, just means like the house, the place where I dwell, the house. 
All right? He's talking about the house of the Lord, but he's talking about the house. That's the place where you, maybe in your prayer room or maybe in your connect group or wherever, that's in the house. It's the big, larger space. The second one is a more general term, and it means the entire area of the temple. So in, in our scenario, it would be the parameter of the grounds would be referred to as the temple. And then the third one, and this is the one I want to show you. It's the same word that Jesus used for the temple when he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. That word temple is also used in Ephesians, and I want to show you that. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2, New Testament teaching, verses 19 to 22. He says, now you are therefore no longer strangers and foreigners. Can you lay claim to that? If you are not planted... So you're not foreigners, you're not strangers if you're planted, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. I don't hear any hallelujahs. I'm getting there. Verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, listen to this verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. That word temple is the same word that Jesus used when he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. What's he talking about? Everybody's waiting to, with their eyes on Jerusalem because everybody's waiting for a temple. That might happen. I'm not disputing that. But let's just have a little bit of Hebrew thinking here. That temple is the holy of holies. When Jesus refers to himself as the temple, he refers to himself as the holy of holies. When I go into my prayer closet and I go into that holy place to meet with Jesus, I'm going into the holy of holies. He's using the same word here. Being built together for a dwelling place of God in the holy temple of the Lord. When you come to church... You come as the temple. It's also the same scripture that Paul uses when he says, don't you know that you are a temple of the Holy Ghost? It's that sanctuary where the presence of God dwells. So if I don't come to church, I'm leaving out part of the body. I'm not contributing 
I'm not there. But I need you. Maybe just your smile would have brought comfort to me. Maybe just seeing you would have invoked the presence of God in my life. Because you're a carrier of the glory of God. Hallelujah. I want you to see this truth this morning. And I'm going to use an example. I need ten young men. Quickly. We don't have time. Ten young men. Ten young men. These two gentlemen, can you join me? Any more young men? Come. There we go. Come, young man. There you go. There, there, there. You're looking around. Come. I need ten. I need ten. I need ten. Yes, you're young enough. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I need two more. Come, gift. Nine. One more. There we go. Thank you. We've got 10 young men. Thank you. Can I come down? I know this is not good for the cameras. Turn around. Face the other way. The temple that was built in the desert was a tent. And it had 10 pillars. And in between were these sheets of material. In between them. But these ten pillars were held together by what the old English translation calls staves, poles that were covered with gold. And they had a loop in them so that the poles could go through them. So I want you just to loop into each other. And just be part of the looping and the connecting and the joining. You get the picture? Just hold on to each other. Hold tight. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some strain on you. Fall forward. Fall. Fall. No, not all of you. Just him. <laughs> Fall forward. Go down. Drop, 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 drop. You don't serve a purpose. You don't serve a purpose in the house of the Lord. You are here to hold up the rest of the poles. You are here to hold up one another in the house of God. And you are connected by love. Those poles represent love. It's a connection. They were covered in gold. It means purity. And this sanctuary was put up and taken down and put up taken down. You can imagine the wear and tear on it and the temptation to steal the golden poles if you lived here. But they are connected. Each one. And the Bible says in Ephesians that the fivefold ministry was given for the perfecting of the saints and the work of the ministry. He says Fitly joined together. Each one a living stone. Hallelujah. Can this structure fall down? Not if I'm depending on my brother. 
Not if I'm pretending on this young man. Not if, I'm, if, I, if, I, if I need this young man to hold me up. Can it fall down? Therein lies the strength of the church. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Give them a good hand. The Bible says we are fitly joined together. Our foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are part of the temple, we are part of the building, and we hold each other up. I need you like you need me. And in that same sense, you're a carrier of the presence of God. You see, if you miss out on Sunday, then my joy <laughs> is not fully enhanced. If you come to church and I come to church and we form the church together, then we are fitly joined together into one unit, one holy temple of the Most High God. And I've got two more things that I want to show you. The, 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 the commitment of this or the promise of this is the purpose of family. I have to be careful here, but when God created Adam and Eve, He told them to do what? Go forth and multiply. That principle is as old as Adam and Eve. It still applies today. The connection of, or, 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 the, or the connectation of being connected to a family is what God intended. And He wants us to grow. A family in a church is supposed to grow. We are supposed to reproduce. Not only in the natural. David said, I'm glad. I was so glad when they said to me, we can go up to the house of the Lord. That should be our attitude. That should be our attitude. The last part I want to just share with you. So what is my part? You've now heard the benefits. You've now heard what's in it for you. What's available to you. So what's my part? I don't have any order or a number of things. But if I had to put number one on the list, I would say show up. Show up. Just show up. That's a good start. Don't stay away. Step up. What do I mean by that? Get involved. We need you. Step up and get involved. You see, the joy lies therein when I'm part of the church is that I'm also part of providing for the church. I can't just be an idle uh, spectator. I've got to be part of providing. And I'm starting now to go into the area of sowing and giving and seeds and tithes. And, and that's, that's a month of Sundays. But let me tell you the principle of giving. 
it comes from that word righteousness. It comes from God's generosity. Because he was a generous God. So when you give, give generously, not holding back, the Bible says. Give out of an attitude of your heart. I know some people, when it comes to tithing, they look at their husband or their wife and they're saying, how much are we going to give you? Give generously. You don't need your wife's permission. Give generously. You don't need your husband's permission. Yes, you must be in agreement. Yes, yes, I agree with that. But don't fight your fight here in church five minutes before that offering. All right, make, make your decision at home. We're going to give whatever God requires of us. And I don't want to put a number on it. Because once you start saying 10% or 20% or 100%, people get very, very scared. And the chances are if you make that a law, you are going to break the law. So, where do I pull all this from? Giving is out of honor. It's a heart attitude. It comes from yeah. Exodus 25 verse 1. Exodus 25 verse 1. This is the Lord speaking to Moses. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, you now go and speak to the children of Israel that they just work nine hours a day and go home and put up their feet in front of their TVs and the church will come to them, channel 341. No. No, no. Sorry, I'm being sarcastic. I'm trying to drive home a point here. He says, go and speak to the children of Israel. Tell them that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart shall be my offering. And then he goes on and he talks about gold and silver and incense and, and cloth and all those kind of things because they were now going to build the house. You see, the principle of this Old Testament scripture was that they were supposed to bring what they had to contribute to the building of the temple, to the building of the house. They had to bring it willingly. They had to bring it out of their righteousness. The Hebrew word for righteousness is tzaddik. Say that with me, tzaddik. You've got to be tzaddik when you give. You've got to do it out of a righteous, willing heart because you are part of the planting of the Lord. We pick from the Word of God what we want to that suits us. You can't pick. You have to be discerning, yes, but you can't pick. Do you understand what I'm trying to get at? Some laws we want to keep and others we don't. 
It's a word of God. It's the same Bible. It's about wanting to worship in concert. It's about giving generously to the house of God so that this, the, the, the principle from the Old Testament, from that scripture in chapter 25 of, of, of Exodus, was that they had to bring oil so that the lamps can burn. Who are we talking about here? In our modern day, it's the lights. We had to, they had to bring oil so that the lights could burn. You and I have to bring our oil, Hebrew thinking. Please don't bring your cooking oil and say, use that. But you have to bring your oil to the house of the Lord to keep the lights burning. And I don't have time to go into to rumors. I don't have time to go into offerings. I don't have to go in time to go into free will offerings. They're all there in the Old Testament for you to pick from if you're that kind of person. Or you can obey and give generously because he first gave to us. Hallelujah. Not pulling away, but rather pulling toward each other. I want to challenge you this morning. You saw this demonstration. I need you like you need me. Do you know how difficult it is to preach to a class of 10 when you are used to a class of 100? <laughs> do, you know, do you know how much preparation goes into a sermon like this? Do you know how much... Time goes into preparing a Bible study of 40 minutes. Ask any preacher. There are them. They, yeah. They will tell you it takes hours. It takes effort. It takes seeking God. Who must pay the pastor? Oh, that also comes from the bank. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It comes from the giving willingly. Are you getting me? You're quiet here now. Are you still breathing? Say, <gasps> the house of God has to be maintained. But the whole principle behind is God wants you to do it with a willing heart. If you're not willing, rather don't give. That's, that's the truth. Keep your money. Keep your money. Go buy an ice cream. Take your wife out. If you're not willing, don't give. There's no blessing in that. If you give out of compulsion, and the Bible does teach on this, then you're not doing it willingly. And God wants you to give out of the heart. It's not about how much I have. It's about how much I'm willing to just give away. Hallelujah. You're still friends with me? You still love me? Some of you sound unsure. <laughs> you see, God has got stuff that he has put in the Bible from years ago, eons ago, thousands of years ago. 
And he says to Paul, he says, I'm revealing, I haven't got the scripture with me now, but he says, I'm revealing these things to my body in the latter days because I want them all to know the truth. So that when the devil comes to lie, when that cockroach comes with his fancy colors and his stinking attitude, I will recognize him for the enemy that he is. Amen. Will you stand with me? I want now us all just to hook in with a person in all the rows, in all the rows, just, just hook in with the person next to you. Just hook in. Everybody, just hook in. Hook in. If you don't have somebody to hook in, find somebody. But just hook in. Say, I'm connected. I'm fitly joined together. I'm joined to my brother and my sister. We are carriers of the holiness of God. We are the temple of the Most High. I love you. I hope you love me too. You get the picture? Connected. One body in the house of God. If you're not committed yet, I want to encourage you to get committed. Go home, go and pray, go fast, go do whatever you want to. You can't be connected to six different assemblies and choose where you want to go. You have to be committed in the house of the Lord if this is your house. And I encourage you to be joined. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.